I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B. El.com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. During the switch, pivot, or quit chat, we talk to women that have successfully navigated through some of the plot twist years of life and are eager to share their stories and what they've learned in the hopes of inspiring, teaching, or making even the slightest impact by candidly owning their truth. Hey girl, hey, and thanks for dropping into the Switch Pivot or Quit podcast. Candid convo for the girl needing a lifestyle plot twist when she's deciding if it's time to switch, pivot, or quit. I'm Ayana Angel and I am your host as well as chief encourager and author. In order for you to hang out with us in this awesome space, all that's required for you to do is sit back, open your mind, and enjoy the show. On today's show, we have a switch, pivot, or quit chat with Lizzie Okoro. Lizzie is an entrepreneur and content creator, and let's just put it where it is. She's an all-out creative who you may know as the publisher and editor-in-chief of Bunch Magazine. Bunch is a print publication, yes, a physical, real print publication. It's a business magazine for the cool kids, the creators, the artists. Lizzie created Bunch back in 2011 while she was living in New York, but we're chatting with her today because she's up to something new and she's going to dish and give us the inside scoop on this new venture so let's get into it and welcome lizzie to the show oh yay thank you for having me (laughs) absolutely absolutely excited to have you definitely we're all fans of bunch magazine so excited to chat with you after this big news you recently announced that you're departing from bunch so do you want to share with us what was the pull that led you to that decision yeah, thank you for the kind words, number one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Interestingly enough, I don't know if I would say that it wasn't that cut and dry. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, okay, I just need to leave Bunch Magazine, the company that I've been building since 2011, and then I'm going to go figure something else out. Really, the impetus for me was I'm, number one, a creative, and mm-hmm. number two, I'm an entrepreneur. And with either of those two things, you have ideas all the time, right. and you can't act on every single idea that you have. Otherwise, you would just be a crazy person who just becomes like a jack of all trades, a master of none. And so I get ideas all the time. But basically in the summer of 2015 now, I had an idea for a new company and I knew myself. I know how I think. I know how I act. I get super excited for an idea on Monday and by Friday, I've forgotten about it. So I was like, you know what? If this is, yeah, that's totally me. I'm that person. I hear you. 
<laughs> I know. We all go through that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, that's a million dollar idea, and then when you realize like how much work is involved, or that you don't have the answers, you're like, never mind. So <laughs> I know my limitations. I know the way that I act, and so I had an idea to start something. I wasn't sure what. I knew that it might be something that leveraged like technology and also beauty. And I was like, okay, if it's something, it'll come back to me in a few months or something like that. And obviously I have this magazine, which at the time was really starting to pick up steam and become something. It wasn't really even anything on my radar, really. And the thing is like this idea just kept coming back to me like month after month. And I kept having people come up to me and talk to me about their struggles with beauty or trying to understand what things work for them and what doesn't work for them in the beauty space. And I don't know, I just kept seeing the same problem and having the same solution, which I'm happy to share with you the businesses, but absolutely tell us what the business is. Tell us what's next, what you're working on, what you have cooking up. (laughs) So basically I'm starting a new company. Me and my co-founders are starting a new company called Yes Rally. And I can't Mm. get into all of the specific, but there's a huge white space online tech space as far as beauty is concerned. And we definitely believe that we've cornered the market and Mm. we want to create a community around beauty for everyone, for all Mm. women to feel empowered and excited about their beauty routine. So we're cooking up something and this has been years in the making at this point, really. I didn't even think about it, but I didn't even think about how long I've been sitting on this idea. But to answer your original question, I basically, in around this time last year, the Diane Report came out. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No. Yeah, the Diane Report is like a white paper and it's a report on Black women women specifically in the tech world and in the tech space or in the business world, I should really say. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that black women make up like less than 1% of the entrepreneur population that gets any funding. And they also found out that for the average startup that's led by a black woman, we receive only about $35,000 in capital, like investment capital. Whereas the average startup led by a white man is $1.5 million. I was going to say one million. I was going to say one million. Wow. Just a little bit more. A little bit north of one million is $1.5 million raised. And on top of that, Black women, even though we're the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the United States, we are only making about $45,000 a year in terms of revenue or profit, Mm -hmm. whereas everybody else is making six and seven figures. And honestly, it just made me mad. And Mm -hmm. then I thought, what's my solution? I can't just be mad. I'm sitting on an idea, potentially a billion dollar idea and yet I'm not going for it. Why? Is it because I'm scared? Is it because of just all these other things just went through my mind and I really started to become comfortable with the idea of maybe I need to leave what's good right now to pursue what's great. And so that was really the Mm. impetus for me to be like okay, can I do this? Can I exit my current company? Is that smart to do that? And can I start something new? That's where I'm at. (laughs) No, but you you touched on so many things that just make me think of a lot of other areas that we could even discuss at this point, because I want to say it's a shocking realization about the numbers in funding, but at the same time, it's not. But I guess to hear the real numbers, it makes you think, wow. But I think a part of that, and I don't know if you would agree, is because a lot of times we have ideas and we also know as Black women, we have ideas and we also have grand ideas of how we could scale and go bigger. But sometimes there's this something holding you back 
back. I don't want to say fear because that might not always be it. But sometimes I'll speak for myself. If you don't grow up in a situation where you see a lot of people around you like doing really big things, like things that are just amazing and almost beyond belief, sometimes it's hard to think that's reality. That could happen for you or you could try and go that route yourself. I think that sometimes we even have ideas and they could be grand, but sometimes we just don't even allow them to be as grand as they could be, maybe? Oh, for sure. Oh, I will 1000% agree with that. I think that there's a lot of different reasons as to why it happens. One is you don't know what you don't know. Even just thinking about Bunch Magazine and how that got started, I had no idea about fundraising. I really didn't even know how to start a magazine. Okay, so let's jump into (laughs) that. So let's Mm -hmm. tell the people when you started it and had you always had aspirations of running a magazine or was this something that was like another one of those ideas and you were like, let me try it? A little bit like all of the above. So I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a little kid, that kind mm-hmm. of cliche story of selling lemonade out front and having mm-hmm. these like ambitions to be a business owner. That was always me. I was totally scheming all the time trying to figure <laughs> out like, what can I sell? And I literally had a little pyramid scheme going on in, in elementary school that almost got me suspended. Oh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> No joke. Like, that's who I, like, that's just, I was always thinking, like, how could I be a millionaire? So I wish it was something more, like, wholesome and altruistic than I was, like, a kid, like, hustling. So, yeah, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur from a young age. I just didn't know what that looked like exactly. And mm-hmm. over the years, I tried my hand at everything imaginable. Like, I thought I was going to be an attorney. I thought I was going to go into the music business. I thought I was going to open up a school with an international focus. Mm-hmm. And that last part, is what landed me in New York pursuing a master's degree in international affairs. And at that time, my school, that particular master's program, I did it at the new school, which Parsons, the school of design, is also one of the colleges that's a part of the university. And it's only important because here I am studying international affairs, thinking I'm going to like basically save the world through education. And I'm meeting all these really fascinating, artistic, creative people. We're sharing facilities and I'm learning about the different careers that they plan to go into and merchandising and design and et cetera. And so I started blogging as a creative outlet. Mm. And from there, I just kept seeing the same pattern or meeting the same person, which was this creative entrepreneur. And I was really fascinated by the fact that they had seemed to figure out life, which is that they could monetize the things that they were passionate about and that they could be endlessly creative or show endless creativity and still make money. And I thought, hmm, there's a story there that I think more people like myself need to hear, which is if you want to be a dancer, there's a way to do that and not be like tap dancing on the subway platform. (laughs) No shade, no shade. But realistically, yeah. Yeah, realistically, like how do you make a career out of something creative? If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, the steps to take to get there. But if you want to do anything in a creative space, it's not so cut and dry. So I knew that I wanted to do, I didn't just want to put something up online. I did those like the height of blogging and I could really have my voice be heard if I just put up another website and called it a digital magazine. So let me start an actual print magazine. And again, Google is the greatest resource in the world. Uh, (laughs) I learned most of what I know now from just Googling, reaching out to different printers. And yeah, I could go into the details of how I started it from A to Z, but that's where the inspiration came from. But again, I didn't know about fundraising. I didn't 
didn't know about capital. So I just completely bootstrapped the business. And you were actually the recipient of the Urban Outfitters and Squarespace startup. I guess it was like a funding award or a contest. So tell us about that because that goes into that sort of having that big dream and trying to convince someone else to invest in the vision that you have. So how did that come about? Totally. Yeah, I won a $20,000 grant from Urban Outfitters and Squarespace. And there's a little bit of a backstory with it, which is just that I was bootstrapping the business completely. I was working full time in New York. I was Mm -hmm. wrapping up graduate school and I realized, you know what, this business, I love it so much. It's my dream, but I have not really made a lot of progress. Like the magazine was barely selling. We couldn't get into any stores in order to get onto the shelves of any newsstands or go into Barnes & Noble or Walgreens or whatever, in order to Mm -hmm. get into those stores, you have to be picked up by one of two national distributors. They wouldn't give us the time of day. Things weren't going well. And as a result of that, I was like, you know what? I think I need to quit my job. I can't be a part-time entrepreneur. Not Mm -hmm. not forever, at least. At some point, you have to go all in. And so that's what I did. I decided I was going to move from New York back home, which is LA, and I was going to quit my job, and I was just going to go full force. And that was cute. (laughs) You know, I'm Day one. And week one, yeah, I get my little office ready in my apartment. This is cute. I'm an entrepreneur. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then like month two of that's when like shit gets real. So right. it became really hard. I was running out of money. I was just like trying to soak up everything and just learn from everyone. Like, why is my magazine not working? Like, why is this business failing? Can you give me feedback? What can I do to change it? Went through a whole rebranding, restructuring of everything from A to Z over the course of six months. And part of that was also changing our social media strategy. I was tweeting out different resources, like articles and different things that I thought that our audience would want to know about as it pertains to being a creative. And I get this Google alert that says that Urban Outfitters and Squarespace is holding a contest. They're giving away $20,000 to anyone who can explain like what their dream is and how what they're doing to pursue that dream. And it was a very simple thing. And I tweeted it out thinking I didn't qualify. And then I looked at it again. I was like, wait a second, I can apply to those. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was for like complete, like you hadn't done anything at all. I thought that's what it was for. But I realized, oh, I can have an existing business and apply for it. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I ended up getting that grant. It came just at the right time. I think I was like down to my last little bit of change. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like perfect <laughs> timing. And it was an incredible experience. And both companies, both Urban Outfitters and Squarespace really just changed my life. They like were mm-hmm. like, we don't want to just give you this money. We want to make sure that your business is thriving and that they've really done an amazing job of supporting me ever since. Yeah. Amazing. So do they still for everyone listening who I'm sure they're thinking they're Googling right now, Squarespace, (laughs) Urban Outfitters, Startup Money, Contest. Do they still hold this contest? They have not. They, I know they do plan to do something around it. And I know that Urban Outfitters in particular, they still, the contest was called Dreamers and Doers. I'm sorry, Doers and Dreamers. And I know they still have reports around that, but they haven't announced the contest again. So, but yeah, keep your eye out. Do a Google alert. Set up a Google alert. (laughs) That's what I was about to say. That came in handy and that also just shows you the importance of having Google alerts and things like that and having your finger on the pulse when you're trying to work and operate in this entrepreneurial space because sometimes people get like laser focused on this one thing that they need to do and execute, but you have to be in the know. You have to be aware of everything that's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In order to be 
competitive. Definitely. Um, so you mentioned that you were working a nine to five at one point when you first started Bunch. How did you find juggling the two and how long did you juggle? Because I know that there's a lot of people listening that have a side hustle or that have entrepreneurial dreams and they might be working a nine to five right now. So I want to, I want you to tell us like, how long did you do both and how was juggling both? I did it for a long time. I did it from 2011 till 2014 and I have the sweetest job ever. Uh, so my full-time position, again, I thought that I was going to go into education. So I was working at a charter school in Harlem mm. and it was pretty awesome because mm-hmm. I have that school schedule. I wasn't a teacher. I was a part of the administration and I had my own office with my own computer and I'm pretty sure my IT guy could see that what is Bunch Magazine that she's always going to? Why she's like not working? I hope no one is listening. No one from my job is listening to this right now, but I like 100%. Yeah, I, I just, I'm ratting myself out right now, but I think it's okay. It's been a couple of years. So I had also like the school schedule, which was like I was done at four o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. I had winter breaks off and winter recess. And I didn't have summers off, but it was a shorter day. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty like sweet position to have not the same stress level as a lot of people but at the same time it was really emotionally draining if nothing else as soon as four o'clock hit I went from being like Miss Okoro to being like Lizzie Okoro editor-in-chief of Bunch magazine and having to run downtown with clothing racks on the subway literally (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) clothing racks on the subway to a photo shoot and I just started to feel like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde like having to play those different personas in one day. I think it's hard. I don't know if there's any clear solution as to how to balance. It's something that you have to do and you'll get through it and it'll make you stronger in the end of it. But at the end of it, but I will say this, which is have an exit plan. A lot of people's exit plan is when I get a certain dollar figure in the bank, that's Mm -hmm. when I'll know that I'm ready to leave. And unfortunately, I think that's like very rare that it happens that like your side hustle just takes off so much that it replaces your full-time income. Sometimes you do have to take that leap of faith and just say, I'm going to give this my all and know that you can always go back and get a job. Like I can always go back and get a nine to five if I need to, but I can't always seize this opportunity. So just save as much money as you can, have an exit strategy, put a date on the calendar, whether that date is one month or one year out, stick to it, tell people so that they keep you accountable for that date. And yeah. It's hard to have a dollar amount and then go for that because that you could be forever reaching that for that dollar Mm -hmm. amount, but maybe it's like more so setting realistic goals for yourself and benchmarks within your business to say, okay, once I hit this or once I secure that, because for some people, it could even Definitely. be sales goals, right? Because if you hit certain sales goals, or if let's say you, like for you, if you were able to get distribution in XYZ places or something, then it's okay. I can see how this could be a viable business and really turn things around for me or make the kind of money I need to make. And then I can walk right. away. I got excited because I think that's perfect advice. Okay. <laughs> I think that's like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's no, I, I got excited because I'm like, yeah, creating those what they call KPIs, your key performance indicators that you know that you're on the right track. Yes, I agree. Trying to chase after that dollar, you'll be chasing it forever. This is indicating to me that there's progress and that's Mm -hmm. a much better way to figure out when to leave exactly. Jeez, I hate to break up a good conversation with an ad break, but that's what we got to do. A girl's got to pay the bills, right? So hold tight for me and we'll be right back before you know it. 
I'm sure it's not hard for you to believe that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. About a year ago, I signed up for the Lifetime All Languages Learning Account with Babbel because I'm just that enthusiastic to learn. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed to help you start immersing yourself in a new language ASAP. They also have these cool virtual, very intimate classes that you can drop into and you can interact with other students as well as learn hands-on from a teacher. Babbel's tips and tools are accessible and they are approachable. So if you're really serious about learning that new language, here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Okay, right now you get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. Way back when I was in high school, I took French for three years, but now I know nothing. (laughs) So in January 2023, I decided I really wanted to commit to learning French. I chose Babbel. I knew that Babbel was designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tools for learning a new language are approachable, rooted in real life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. I feel accomplished when I hear... That lets me know I got an answer right. So on my most recent trip to France, I actually nervously tried out my Babbel French skills and it was fun. I didn't feel so in the dark. So if you would like to add learning a new language to your new year, new me list, then I've got a treat for you. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners to get you started right now. You can get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash SPQ. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPQ, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPQ. Rules and restrictions may apply. So when you finally walked away, did you feel like a sense of fear or a sense of relief or none of the above? Like when you finally walked away from your nine to five? So it's actually a kind of funny story. So I didn't totally walk away on my own. And Mm. the story is that I think I had decided in probably like November or December of 2013, I'm going to leave on June 26th because June 26th was the last school day in the calendar. Because again, I worked at school Mm -hmm. and at the time I wasn't planning on moving back to LA. That came about a few months later, but I had made that decision. I had given myself that runway that I was going to leave. And then on, as I was getting closer and closer to the date and I knew that I was going to be moving back to LA, eventually I was like, maybe I will just stay a little bit longer, make a little bit more money. Like maybe I'll push back the Mm -hmm. date for when I actually do move back to LA. And I started to get really nervous and get cold feet. And on June 26th, again, I wrote June 26th down like everywhere. I told all my friends, I put it on a vision board. I put it like above (laughs) my desk at home. All of these things. 
I did, I claimed it so in every way possible. And on June 26th, again, with me being nervous and I wasn't even going to say anything, I walk into my office and I get a knock on the door for my HR person. Mm-hmm. And she's, I just wanted to let you know, we're not firing you, but we can't like keep you on next mm-hmm. year because we can't afford you. And I think I laughed. Right? <laughs> I, like, I literally think I laughed in her face. Because like, <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> she was so like, what is going on? She was like, you're taking this really well. I will never forget that. I was like, oh my God, don't even worry about it. This is no, this is like relief. Worry. Thank you. <laughs> this is like relief. So they gave me like a really nice severance package. And I was actually able mm-hmm. to stay on a little bit longer and do a little bit more work and save up some more money. And so it was perfect. But it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, when you put it out into the universe mm-hmm. delivers, I'm a total mm-hmm. believer in that. I know not everyone is, but I've had really crazy things happen and manifest. I'm a believer. Yeah, um, I think yeah. anybody who's not even a believer could probably listen to that story and think maybe there's something <laughs> to that. Because we're talking, Isn't we're not crazy? just talking like fanciful ideas. We're talking about specific dates. You said a specific date and the HR woman could, who couldn't possibly know what you were planning comes nope. in with this revelation that they can't quite afford to keep you. And exactly. that feels like a movie. You know, isn't that crazy? It was like the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And no one at my job knew. So it's quite literally impossible. (laughs) that she would have known that (laughs) because it was like you were doing your own thing and had your own vision and your own kind of like timeline so with that situation there's obviously all this change that happens and one thing that I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of us period uh, a lot of what sort of holds us back is that apprehension about change and like it's sometimes inability to embrace change so what would you say is your key for embracing change because obviously you had to do it (laughs) yeah and I I went through a lot of change at one time. I left my job or had been let go from my job. Mm. And also I was like, my now fiance, we were dating long distance and I was like Mm. moving in with him at the same time. So it was like a lot happening at once for me. And I think I have a very specific personality or particular personality where I'm super high functioning. I like change. I Mm. like going and running at 200 miles per hour, I would say. And I know that not everyone does, but it definitely keeps my personality. I shouldn't say that I like change, but what I like is being challenged. And I think that for anyone who doesn't like being challenged, if you don't challenge yourself, you're never going to grow. You're never going to know what you're capable of. And you just have to become comfortable with the fact that with being uncomfortable, you hear it from all of these people all the time, all these great thought leaders and all the people who have become successful, which is they looked at something that was difficult or something that was scary to them. Mm -hmm. And they still said, you know what, I'm scared, but I'm going to go through it anyway. And they say, like it's not about the absence of fear it's like just working through that fear and I'm a big believer in that and it doesn't mean that I'm not scared I'm scared all the time I'm really very nervous about this new transition and having to start from ground zero on yeah. creating a business but I know that it's high risk high reward mm-hmm. and it's worth it for me Yeah, embracing change is very much so in line with just the taking risks and stuff. And it's you don't want to live this life where you've had no risks. Exactly. What kind of existence is that? So yeah. What kind? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be great? Right. right, (laughs) No. And whatever greatness is for you, however you define that, it's not going to come without any sort of work. And I'm just I'm comfortable knowing that. So with all of that said, there's obviously days that it's just trying to keep going and 
to move forward. So what are some of the things that you might do or say for yourself, to yourself, whatever, when you're feeling like, oh, like just not really the most enthusiastic. Keep going. What do you do to keep going? Dance in my living room with the bottle of champagne. Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like usually in my underwear, like just something completely ridiculous yep. or just sit, binge watch Netflix, things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm being so dead ass serious as well. Yeah. Like, no, I, I know. Just, cause you just have to live sometimes. You just have to live. And, and I realized something about myself too. I'm generally like a super optimistic person. I'm generally really happy. And I'm always seeing like the bright side of things, even when there is no bright side. Mm-hmm. And so in the moments when I do feel down or depressed or whatever, I try my best not to beat myself up about it. I just go through it, whatever it is, and know that the next day I'll pull myself up by the bootstraps. And if I'm still not feeling great, it's okay. Like I give myself permission to just be sad or be stressed out or be whatever it is and then look for the solution the next day. I think that people were always reaching for perfection because we're looking Mm. around. We live in this Instagram, social media (laughs) world where everyone else, you hear it all the time. Everybody else looks perfect. They look great. They're always traveling. They're getting all their sponsors look are sponsored and they're traveling around the world and mm-hmm. their body looks better than mine and all of that <laughs> you start getting down on yourself like yeah. I'm working really hard and I'm sitting here in some dirty leggings and, <laughs> and like a stained t-shirt working yeah. really hard and I'm not on a beach right now having it be paid for by Coca-Cola like why isn't that happening for me right. I totally get down like that I get down on myself like that that happens all the time mm-hmm. but I allow myself to be sad for a moment and I'm like girl get it together like mm-hmm. we're gonna be okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah you have to talk yourself out of not really out of it but just let yourself live out of it really just mm-hmm. kind of get out of your own way get out of your own head sometimes and you're right oh, we all really. go through that especially in this sort of this world where we live in where our parents they couldn't see what other people were doing they didn't yeah. know what people their age were doing in New York right now at this moment and not unless it was like newsworthy you weren't privy to everyone's details of their life no matter how true it is or or not. It is tricky to navigate this world that we're in this space. And that yeah. just makes me think of, what if you had a girlfriend who came to you and she's just, I'm really just over my job and I'm seeing all these things that other people are doing and I just feel like I need a change and I don't know, I'm not content. What kind of advice would you give to a friend in that type of position? That's such a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked anything like remotely close to that. <laughs> I love that question. And I Thank have you. had friends who expressed that before as well. And the advice that I give is, one, be self-reflective. Like, why do you feel this way? What Mm -hmm. is it about your job or whatever it is? Like, why are you feeling that way? Sometimes you think it's your job, but maybe it's not really your job. Maybe there's something Mm -hmm. else that's affecting you right now and you need to be grateful for your job. A lot of the times that's not the case. (laughs) A lot Mm -hmm. of the times it is your job, but it's okay. Well, identify what is it that you'd rather be doing. And nine times out of 10, most people know what they want. They're just scared to say it. They don't want to look or sound ridiculous. And to actually say, hey, I hate working at McDonald's. I really want to be, I don't know, I really want to be a dancer. That's just my go-to example right now. But yeah, I really want to be a dancer, but you're afraid to say that out loud for whatever reason. Because Mm -hmm. once you say it, it becomes real maybe. I don't know. But I always press back because when people say, oh, I don't know. I don't really know what I want. You don't know what you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. That's fine and fair when you're 18, but when you're in your 20s, 
20s and your 30s and you still can't identify one single thing that you are a little bit passionate about, right. I question that. I, I yeah. don't think that's real. I would, You're probably I, not being honest people, with yourself. You're not being honest with yourself. So I usually start off with that of what is it that you really want? And if you can't think about it, you don't really know, then that's okay. And just go take time to explore, take Mm -hmm. classes, travel. I know that doesn't always seem like an option, but there are options, you know, go see the world and be inspired. Talk to people. Say, hey, I don't really know what I want to do. What do you think I'm good at? And Mm -hmm. and get that feedback from people because sometimes people can see things in you that you don't even see. So I I just go straight into explore mode explore yourself and explore Mm -hmm. your surroundings and you'll be I promise you you'll be pleasantly surprised by the outcome Mm, I love that I absolutely love that (laughs) I love it for more reasons than one because one it absolutely makes sense but number two is because I know exactly what you're talking about because that's exactly what I did when I wasn't really sure what was next for me and what I really wanted to be doing once I decided PR was just not it anymore Mm -hmm. I was like I just need to get out here and start doing and I think the spark for me with just doing and being adventurous was every time my birthday would come around I'd try and think of some things or I'd make a list of things that I want to do before my birthday you know from small to large I love that you know because you know how when your birthday comes sometimes you really do get reflective where you really do start thinking oh my gosh where's my life going what's happening (laughs) what am I doing if nothing else that is the time where you're going to get in your head so challenge yourself to be adventurous and get out there and just do some things and I think that like you said you'll be surprised that it'll do you more good than you could even think it Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone yeah. were like, let's say you had this conversation and someone were thinking like, okay, I think I do know what I want to do. And it could be anything, but they know that they need to approach it from like a side hustle type of perspective initially. Mm-hmm. What would you say is like one of the first steps that someone could take in going after and starting like a side hustle and venturing into that life? I think that I'm really just big on researching things. I'm big on planning things, but I'm bigger on doing things. It's just like pulling the trigger. There's only so much planning you can do as an entrepreneur. So if you have that ambition, like you just have to start out by just doing it and trying it out and seeing what the feedback is and then refining things from there. Obviously money is always an issue, but I say the first thought that you have when starting any sort of business, whether it's going to be your part-time thing or not, is think about making a good product first, whatever that is. If it's you being a consultant or a party planner or whatever, or you're literally going to create like handmade crocheted hats, whatever that is, I get it. It takes money to make money a lot of the times, but that should not be your primary concern. Your primary concern should be looking at the space saying, what value am I adding? Where's the white space in the market? What can I do that's unique and different? Not reinventing the wheel, but what am I, what's my value proposition? And really just jumping right into it. That's the best thing that anybody can do. And just, you have to fly off the cliff and get your wings on the way down. I'm a really big believer in that. Again, you should plan something, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you should be prepared to just pull the trigger as well. So yeah, I think that's what I would say to do. Okay. Hopefully that's okay. helpful. 
No, I, I think that's super helpful because a lot of what we want to do with our conversations is just share because sometimes people don't talk about these things. Sometimes people, definitely they look like we're in such a society that is like all about looking, but sometimes we need to dig a bit deeper and ask the questions like, like, what should I do first? <laughs> like, I have no Absolutely. idea. So sometimes this is helpful for people to know where they can go with things or what their options are. So for you, have you figured out your why in life? Because we're talking about what are you passionate mm. about and all those things. Like that just makes me think of a why, like your reasons for doing everything that you do. Have you figured it out yet? I think my why probably will change at mm-hmm. some point in my life as I mm-hmm. continue to grow and experience life. But I think what I realized in the past year is I really love building communities and I really love helping people live their best life. It's like such an Oprah thing to say, but <laughs> this is my well, hero. We I love her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she can do it wrong. She says right. she drops all the gems. She's done everything correctly, right. uh, but she's amazing. <laughs> what I would say is I really love building communities. And I know that people talk a lot about communities with your business and it almost is an empty word that means nothing. But what I'm thinking of in particular is just like being able to connect different people who are like-minded, who have similar goals and learn from each other and support each other. And that was really something that I was trying to do or that I did with Bunch was like create this conversation around what does it mean to be a creative? How do you build a career when you are a creative person? What are the best practices? for you. And it was really exciting to watch people connect with that message and tell their friends like, hey, you need to check out Bunch Magazine because mm-hmm. they're creating something. I, I actually chose the name Bunch because I was inspired by this interesting, kooky, creative bunch of people that I was meeting <laughs> in New York. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Bunch, there we go. That's cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We, many people confused and call it Brunch Magazine. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. I got it. It's like Brady Bunch. No, not brunch. So yeah, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do with Yes Rally and let's create a community around Mm -hmm. beauty and really start a new conversation around it. And I can't wait to share that with everybody. And I think within the community aspect, like I said, it's like I'm living my purpose and my best Mm -hmm. life. It's not easy at all. Mm -hmm. There are moments when I'm super frustrated. There are moments when I question why I've done what I've done, Mm -hmm. why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I think I'm really happy and I've really gotten to a point where like I see I see my future. I'm really present and I really love where I'm at in life. And I really want to help everyone as much as possible live that life as well, Mm -hmm. like tap into their own why. So my why is helping people discover their why and then nurturing that and growing from there. So yeah, I feel like you probably have some experience with talking to people about their why and stuff. Do you do any type of workshops, classes, public speaking, all of that kind of stuff to reel people into this whole exploration? of their why and stuff. <laughs> I do. I do, actually. Yes. I do public speaking. It's mm-hmm. something that like was so random for me. I'm not like a professional public speaker. That's not my job. <laughs> but I've been doing it for the past couple of years. And I love that moment of saying something and someone people come up to me after a panel or workshop and say, thank you for saying that. Yeah. So that's what really clued me in that there might be like, maybe I have something to give to somebody else, <laughs> some knowledge mm-hmm. or something or mm-hmm. 
comfort. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been teaching workshops. I continue to teach, work, teach workshops in the LA area. I actually have some coming up later this month and next month. And I'm going to be traveling and going on the road and teaching some of these workshops to entrepreneurs in other cities, such as like the OC in San Diego and hopefully the Bay Area and New York. We'll see how often I'm able to do it, considering that I'm like in the throes of creating a whole nother company. But that's something that excites me. That's fantastic. So when you go and travel around and do the workshops and things like that, are you doing that yourself or are you partnering with some other people to do that? It depends, but it's a little bit of both. So it's usually just me, but I do it through partnerships with General Assembly, different co-working spaces, things like that. So they'll bring mm-hmm. me in to teach a course. And that's usually how I do it. Sometimes I do it on my own. I have a little boot camp creative weekend called Just Launch Already. That helps people just go from A to Z. Like what everything that I wish that I knew mm-hmm. when I was starting my company that maybe I was too afraid to ask. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know about how to set up a website or landing page that's SEO friendly. I didn't know how to find mentorship or get feedback from people. I didn't know how to hold a focus group or what that even meant. I have created this two-day weekend for people to just launch already. Do it. Anything that's holding you back, anything, yeah. If knowledge is holding you back, if you don't know who to ask or what resources to turn to, I give you those tools so that you can launch already. So Okay. Is yeah. there a website or anything that people can check out for that to see maybe when it's coming to their area? Oh, yeah, totally. So LizzieOkoro.com. It's on my homepage, actually, of the Just Launch Already Creative Weekend. So, yeah, it's my name, L-I-Z-Z-Y-O-K-O-R-O.com. Yeah, that's my little plug. Perfect. perfect. No, I love it. I think that's super helpful for people because there's all these little ins and outs. And yeah, sure, you can spend hours and hours Googling and researching all of these bits and pieces, which, hey, you should still be Googling and researching you should still do it. on yeah. your own. Yeah. But then you've already <laughs> created a path for them. So that's fantastic. Exactly. I love it. So what's one thing Thank that you. lets you know that you're living life on your terms and living a life according to her? I think I would say, honestly, this is maybe like really corny, but just being super happy. Mm. every day that's not corny. every single that's, day that's I, I'm like there's times when I'm sad or frustrated or wish I had more of fill in the blank but I think that generally speaking I'm like did I accomplish something today mm. am I working towards my dream is my dream coming true there are certain moments when that I've had over the past couple of years where I'm like wow like I had an idea to start a magazine mm. and I'm holding it in my hands mm. and that means something and I remind myself of that when I'm really down in the dumps hey you created something that was an idea that you had. Actually, I had the idea to have my own magazine when I was 11 years old. I wrote it in a journal. I'm talking about manifestation. I wrote that in a journal that I found a few years ago. I had forgotten that I had even ever really wanted this magazine. And then I opened up the journal and I see that I had written to myself, like, one day I'm going to own a magazine. <laughs> and that came true. That to me, like being able to wake up in the morning and do the thing that I love the most, that signifies to me that I'm living my best life. I'm very grateful that I was able to do that with the magazine and I'm so grateful for what I will be producing with Yes Rally. Yeah. When yeah, is I love that Yes question. Rally launching? You should hear from us. Hopefully you hear, hear a lot of noise at the top of May. It's okay. still a couple of weeks out, but okay. yeah, okay. beginning of May. 
That just made me think of another question when you said, hopefully you'll hear oh, yeah. noise because I was about to wrap up, but no, of course not. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is just such a great conversation. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It made me think of creating noise when you're trying to launch a project. Do you rely on or do you enlist like PR or do you try and do everything on your own? A little What's bit of suggestion? both. Yeah. I'm really big on creating your own press. All of my publicist friends are going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> but we live in such an awesome time right now where everything and everyone is basically a click away. That elusive editor that you couldn't get in touch with, you know, you didn't even know who they were or what they even looked right. like in person. Now you can go onto LinkedIn and figure out who they are and figure out mm-hmm. their email address. They're available now. Making sure that you get in front of the right people and making sure that you say the right thing and format your email in the appropriate mm-hmm. way. Now that's a whole different story. Right. And I suggest that people research like best practices around that. I also teach that in my class, just a little plug. <laughs> Again, so but, you guys might want to sign up. Yes. <laughs> you might want to sign up. I don't know. Here we go. No, I'm, I'm totally not that person <laughs> to keep plugging things. So let me calm down. But no, I love it though. It makes thank sense. You. <laughs> thank you for bearing with me. But yeah, I think that definitely you can be your own publicist in a lot of ways. I think that if you have the money and you don't have the time to be your own publicist, mm-hmm. then you should definitely hire people if you but if you don't have the money and have a little bit of time and you're not in a rush you can definitely just reach out start compiling a list of the editors and the writers that you want to work with and don't be afraid to send them an email and really let them know don't just say hey I'm cool write a story about me you can (laughs) I guess I've gotten those emails actually they're pretty bad but say hey I'm doing something unique this is my story and Mm -hmm. this is the angle and this is why I think I would be great for your publication. And most of it, like these people, writers and magazine editors and newspaper editors and bloggers, they need things to write about. So yeah, they want to content. hear from you. Mm-hmm. They're looking for content. So don't mm-hmm. be afraid to be your own biggest fan and your own biggest cheerleader. Put yourself out there. So mm-hmm. there's lots of ways to make noise. That's Absolutely. what it <laughs> Okay. Now you go ahead and you be your biggest fan and biggest cheerleader and let us all know where people can keep up with you, where they can find you, where they can cyber stalk you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. No, I welcome it. I welcome the DMs. Slide in. Slide into the DMs. Not in a nasty way. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. You can find me at lizzieokoro.com. L I Z Z Y O K O R O. There's a lot of O's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, lizzieokoro.com is my personal website, and you can follow me on the gram and everything else at lizzieokoro. So it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's just my name. Yes. Love it. Love it. Awesomeness. Awesomeness. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This was a really Thank good you. conversation. Uh, definitely fun and absolutely wish you nothing but continued success on your new venture with Yes Rally and look forward to see what's going to come up next. Yeah, maybe you'll have me back. Yeah, like absolutely. in a year or something. I hopefully you won't be like so big that you don't remember my name. No, but <laughs> no, no, no. Hopefully you won't be so big in the beauty space. Like, oh, honey, darling, I have to get this app ready. I can't possibly do this interview. <laughs> no, this is our this is our public promise to each other to keep it going. Right, so, right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is like one of the best interviews ever. Thank you for asking like really great questions. So. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And as always, you guys, keep killing it. It's true that some things change as we get older. 
But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 